Hey, how are you? Boys, fantastic. All the better for seeing you two. Oh, a million bucks. Yeah. Jesus. A coach, our mentor. Nice to see you. First time actually meeting you in person, actually. Well, that's the benefit of Zoom. I actually took a few minutes to realise that. I hadn't yeah. actually physically met you before, but it's a pleasure. You actually got a bit more muscle on you than I thought you did. Mate, I try and just play it down online. <laughs> and I'm all about building others up. I don't need to get the rig out. Yeah. But, mate, 20 years of bodybuilding, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Sort of, I was saying to someone the other day, like, who was right into bodybuilding years ago and now he's a property guy, but like, I, haven't, I actually haven't trained with weights since COVID version 1.0, the first lockdown. Like, really? I, yeah, yeah, because I went, oh, fucking too hard. Lockdown, what do you do? So I did one morning, I never forget, I got up sort of 4.30 and I look, the dogs are like sleeping and they're like, what's going on here? And I'm like, right, hey, 20 push-ups, let's go. And I did some pull-ups under the table and I looked at this one, I go, fuck, that'll do. Fuck that. Yeah. I've got enough, right, hey, that'll do. Nah, feel good. <laughs> that was it. And it's funny because it's like everything, you, you, if you do a lot of, you know, my diet and bodybuilding comps and like you, you keep a lot of, well, I'm, 25 kilos lighter than I was then. Thank God I looked like a stocking full of walnuts, mate. It was terrible when I look back at it. But you keep the shape and the, the shape, but you're just a lot smaller and yeah. you can fit into clothes and ride horses and, you know, live your life. But, yeah, it's interesting. So it, you don't work out. Is, in terms of physical activity, you obviously ride horses. Mm. Do you do any other physical activity at all? I just walk the dogs, run around with them and, yeah, run around with the dogs for, say, an hour a day and horses that'd be a few hours a day and it's actually funny with horses that if you ride properly you kind of you do get it's not like an aerobic workout going for a run or lifting heavy weights but every part of you is sort of flexing relaxing flexing relaxing flexing relax like it yeah so it's kind of you're getting a a a workout but it's all diet like you know i just i just eat fairly well and but mm. get my ready to go meals i get delivered whack them in the microwave done and dusted i'm all about efficiencies boys as you know with my coaching and yeah. like life hacking things my, you know my mindset my brain function my meals my bloody i hate just doing shit that i don't like when's the doing. last time you cooked mate 1981 <laughs> yeah i remember it vividly no no mate i fucking hate cooking so i don't now again i don't enjoy it some people go oh, it's therapeutic i think it's the greatest waste of time on the history of earth because yep. you got to get it, but that's me. So again, like, if you don't like it, um, I just see it as opportunity cost alarm. Yeah, you know, like forty minutes for like four minutes. The, the ROI yeah. is terrible. The only thing worse with the worse ROI than that's having a bender. <laughs> but like one night, I'm feeling like dog shit for a month. Yeah, I had a client that this morning. One month, he felt shit after a big night out on the source. Still, he go and he and we traced it all back to, and it was only just on the piss at a wedding, but. I said, you, okay, so when did you start to do that? When did you lose your routine? When did you, oh, about three weeks ago, oh, about three weeks ago, oh, about, I said, you can see the one. He goes, mate, I can't, that's unbelievable. Like it, the, the contrast in his, like up here to there is so powerful. And that's really, spot on. If you have a thousand drinks, yeah. Well, it takes me a few days to cover. It's the one thing that I've learned actually growing up and getting older is um, you don't recover in a day. So, no, mate. We had um we had my uh, director's wedding uh, last week and um I I couldn't pull it off like I had to call in sick for two days straight can all my appointments my momentum shifted mm. and um it's 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 now gotten to the point where I'm actually starting to have some momentum again but that's what how what what day we are that's a week and a half ago well, more how than a week are you? and a half ago just turned twenty seven twenty seven right 
writing about $20 million a year, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> Absolute superstar. But this is something for everyone listening. Look, I'm 45. You know, I, I was loose, you know, wolf of Wall Street, hanging from the chandeliers, everything. But, <laughs> like, and you can't take it back, and I wouldn't ask to take it back, and I wouldn't change it. But as cliche as it is, I wouldn't. If someone can somehow find the intestinal fortitude to stop it sooner, you fucking kill it. There's no two ways about it. Now, I'm not, I didn't. I fucking finally put the cue in the rack at 40 via rehab and NA and AA and fucking getting booted out of everywhere. But doesn't mean it's best practice. Like, and I reckon, again, I didn't do it, so I'm not judging. I kept the party going and it gained momentum at 30 with body trim, right? Because that went into the stratosphere and so did the lifestyle. And pretty sure I built Ivy Pool with my credit card <laughs> at that level. Thanks, Justin. You can just send me a thank you card for that. Like, crazy spending, it just disease of more and all, all that shit. But if you can curb that young, oh, you just, because the platform, the platform, and all my, like, all my clients are high achievers, high achiever syndrome, as you know I call it, and we're extreme. Mm. You can't build a phenomenal business poking at it and going, oh, maybe I'll do a bit. But I don't know many, ex- like, really high achievers who go, I'll just have one beer. Yeah. I'm sure they exist. I just don't know them. Like, they're not really the one beer person. Mm. They don't really just have a little one beer. They have a thousand. or Because whatever we do, we just dive in. Yeah. So don't spend your whole life thinking you can just, if you're not a one beer person, don't spend your whole life trying to be. Yeah. Because a lot of people do, right? And I just went, you know what? I'm officially not, as I was escorted to rehab from the Mondrian Hotel in LA, spraying those big, sh- those big campaigns yeah. on people. You know, that, yeah, yeah, that I don't recall. <laughs> so what, what, what changed? What happened? Was it one particular thing that, put you on a course of sobriety. So you've been sober mm. for how many years now? Nearly five and a half years. Five and a half years. Mm. So you've, you're obviously a loose unit, like you said, and you've completely changed as mm. a person. What was it? Was it one thing or was it multiple things? Oh, mate, it was the sum of all parts. It was like, you know, I consider myself fairly intelligent and I, if you had a little bit of a look in the rear view, rear view mirror, there was a path of carnage and... As I say in a few keynotes, I often say like millionaire at 25, broken 30, broken living with dad at 30, so millionaire 25, broke living with dad at 30, $40 million business at 35, and bankrupt an AA at 40, bankrupt an AA, NA at 40, want to neck myself. And then at 45, happiest, most alive living you know, enthusiastic I've ever been. I was never that. I was never happy or enthusiastic. I was always like getting there, getting there, going good, but I need that. When Body Trim was 30 plus million, I'm looking at a mob in America going, this is fucked. We're only 30 million. We've got to do more. And don't worry about the size of the population or any of that, you know, pretty good business. But mm. um, I, I just didn't think it was. And, and you buy a six series Beamer, then you think that's shit. You buy a Maserati, then you think that's shit. You keep, like it doesn't stop. That's what people don't realise. When you're on that, Friggin' carousel, it doesn't stop by definition because you're on that path. So that all shit itself in a massive way. My, all of my sort of ego entitlement status more, which is fueled by insecurity and low self-esteem, which it is with everybody. You know, you show me someone with a hundred thousand dollar watch, I'll show you an insecure little boy because the fucking phone will tell you the time. That's the reality. Unless you are maybe an absolute watch connoisseur, which I think is bullshit. For that, like, come on, guys. You know, like the reality of it. You don't need a lot of that shit when you really work, get 
good with yourself, but I was not good. So you were buying the watches? Yeah, all of it, mate. All the gear, no idea, all that, right? For that very reason, status, recognition, validation, approval, to feel enough, to feel success, to feel successful. But as I say, success is a feeling, not a number, because if it was a number, we'd already be there, but the number keeps growing. Mm. So, yeah, I did, I did all that. That's why zero judgment, to end, mate, I, that's, I think why I've become a, a good coach, because I've done all those things. I've gone up here, 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 <laughs> like all of it. And, you know, I didn't plan to be a coach. Like I just was in the doing of things, creating and building of things. So, and then a few people reached out, gave me a feeling of contribution and purpose mm. and service, which I liked. So that's kind of how it started. And the dogs were really the thing that stopped right. me jumping off the balcony out there. But one, we're on level seven. So I literally thought, we're not fucking high enough. So <laughs> I'm gonna do, I was at fucking down. I'm like, if I That's jump here, fuck. I'm not, I'm not going to die. I'm just yeah. going to fucking be fucked. So I'll yeah. be like a chef salad. Just That's like, a terrible set. Like terrible. to be in. It's terrible, mate. It's How terrible. do you pull yourself out of that? Mate, it's a great question. And it, like I literally can laugh about it all now. And I'm with immense gratitude. Uh, and for anybody struggling, like you don't appreciate the light until you've been in the dark. Because how do you know it's light? Yeah. You can't because you've got no contrast. So, mate, the dogs, the one on the floor and the one out on the balcony, like they saved my life because I'd, I sat around that table and not – but it wasn't like day one. Day one it was like walk down to NA, hope a bus hits me, get to NA, not feel as bad because there's some other degenerate who's just got out of jail or mm. like – I'm thinking, oh, you poor bloke, oh, that's terrible. And I, but I went from CEO to doing the roll call in NA. Chef, mm. uh, uh, addict. Mm, yeah, fucking how good's life putting out the chairs like yeah. it doesn't get much ex well you could end up in the big house in jail but it, like NA is pretty extreme and so from there it was it was like walking through mud for quite a while and then over time I just started to it was I'll never forget walking along some bodgy back street here like just the you know the little houses and just the little street and just like one time I'd look at it and go this is fucking so depressing just looking at all this Maybe six months later, I'm like, how good is this? Look at this. It was the same street with the same everything, but it looked totally different. And the lens started to change because I, I vividly recall, you know, down, not you know, a few months later, I'm like, I don't have any debt. I'm doing good work. I'm helping a few people. I've got my dogs. I love my dogs. We go to the park and at start, I go, this, is, this feels good. It wasn't like mania. It wasn't chaos. There was no fear. I was starting to get peace of mind. So I'd never had any of that. So it was like bit by inch by inch. And then over time, and so the dogs were like, you just did that carked out. <laughs> Mate, the best. Like the dogs were the absolute animals saved my life, they, yeah. without a doubt. These guys. And then through that, that opened my heart up, I think, to things and possibilities. And then Boxing Day 2017, I happened to be on a farm, an extended family's property, and there were two horses that were there, not theirs, but they were being adjusted there. And I reckon I spent 90% of the time with the horses and 10% with the family. And I went, it had a profound effect on my energy and presence. And I was, it, was mes it was like meditation, but like on steroids. And I just went, well, fuck it, I'm going to get a horse riding lesson New Year's Day. I'm not going to icebergs like a year sober or whatever. I'm off to got a horse riding lesson. And mm. I loved it. I was the most retarded person ever. <laughs> and I was it was like 100 kilos on this horse, Thelma. Sorry, Thelma. And, um, like, I loved it. I got another one and another one. I got two lessons a week and then 
kept riding, then three lessons a week. Then I found Glenworth Valley up the coast, trail rides, and then came back to Centennial Park and show jumping school. And they retired. And then the lady who owned it, she offered me her horse, which was still to this day like the most incredible gesture when you think about it, because she just knew how much I loved the horses. And so he became my first horse. And that's been just so special, that trust that you build. Now I've got another one as well. And here we are. So you got the yeah. same horse that was given to you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, two and a bit years now, and um, and now this other stock horse, and it's just amazing, like the relationship that you build and everything that I'd sort of read and looked, watched about uh, horses and horsemen, and you think, oh, that's incredible, but I don't know if that's what, is that bullshit or real, yeah. or like, re- yeah. but it's actually real, like what you and what's fascinating, as you guys know through coaching, I'm all about sort of being present and aware and awake and all this stuff, but heart rate and energy, right, and electromagnetic field, energy, horses, they can sense your heart rate. So, like what I'm finding fascinating at the moment with all most of my clients are successful business people like yourselves, but the same rules apply. I say flow, not force, let go to grow, the struggle's the gift. With the horses, um, what happens with them, again, which is the same as the stuff we all talk about, when I get myself into the right state and lower my heart rate, <coughs> pardon me, the horse immediately goes, it's like magic. It is like magic. Now, because I'm, I'm all about the process under the goal, as you know. So if I look, you show me a world-class horseman, I'm going to look deep until I find what they do. And I had to go real deep because no one actually knew. Mm. Horse, it's really funny, like the best, best horse people, because they start riding when they're three, I've found this fascinating. They don't, they're not consciously competent. They're unconsciously brilliant. Mm. So they can't tell you as a coach what they do. They try, but they can't. Mm. So I've had to just pull it apart and I've gone, there's got to be something in the physiology. And with all the stuff that I look at, I, I realized through the conscious breathing, the belly breathing, that when you breathe into your belly, you lower your heart rate through, if you breathe through your nose. And by the way, no one, thanks for the education system, no one on earth ever taught us how to breathe. So we all breathe through our mouth into our chest, making us stressed and anxious. Because if you shallow breathe through your mouth into your, up here into your chest, because everyone's walking around holding their gut in, like I watch them, like I did, you know, you just tight tummy and whatever, you just relax your stomach, then it fills up with air. But you can't, you can't, your stomach can't fill up with air or your diaphragm can't work if you got it sucked in, mm. like everyone does, right? Mm. And you tell them and they're like, fuck, I do that. Right? Everyone does that. Then you start to breathe through your nose and it's like 10 times more energizing and 10 times less stressful. And so then I've worked out with the horses. I've watched my coach, my friend, and I'm, I'm like, you breathe into your belly. Because I, 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 maybe, yeah, yeah. And I watch, she, she does, she breathes into her belly. Because what happened was, this is the power of being sober and observant. You can work everything out. Everything, if you're patient and look for the process, right? Apply this to business. Not what are they riding in real estate, what's their process? Mm. What are their lifestyle habits? Everyone's looking at the GCI. Mm. That's irrelevant. That's a lag measure. What do they do every day? What do they do when people aren't watching? They're the things I'd want to know, mm. not what they do when they accept the award. That's yeah. irrelevant. What are they doing when no one's watching? What are they doing the process under the goal? So I'm watching this girl, Bronte, and I know it was really bizarre because a few times I'd do a double take. I'm like, is that Bronte? Like she looked like two inches taller and trimmer. Mm. And then two minutes later, she'd be sort of like this. Because really good horse people, they spend more time riding horses than walking. So they walk like they ride a horse Mm. and they breathe into their belly. But when she gets nervous or she's meeting someone she doesn't know, 
starts breathing into her chest, gets taller. Mm. Wow. And I told her this. She goes, that's what I do. I do. I do. And I draw that unbelievable. Another client of mine is like, how did you work that out? That's, I, I know. I just, I just keep looking until I find the answer. I don't have to win the comp tomorrow. I just want to find out what they do. Mm. So you can apply this to anything. Like this is fascinating that, and by the way, I've read about a thousand horse riding books and none of them know, and that cooks your head worse. And good old Aussie Jeff has worked out what they all do yeah. that they don't know. So it just goes to show you can work anything out if you park ego and you, and you, and you love something. Yeah. So, Jeff, there's something I wanted to bring up today, and just so everyone's listening. So Jeff coaches myself and Kevin on a regular basis, and something we've implemented personally for myself is what we call the bumper bar session, where mm. you know we'll have this frequent communication so I don't go off track. But something you touched on, so far, which I wanted to bring up was the yeah. concept of um, success is not a destination but a feeling. Mm. Something that I've learned from our sessions, and I had it for a point at the beginning of the year, was becoming this feeling of feeling more presently mm. successful. And something you you're talking on there, which sparked my uh, question for me, was you know you've been doing all this discovery with horses, magnetic fields, and energy. Mm. Can you touch a little bit about your experience from being this, you know, Wolf of Wall Street success mm. to Jeff Dow's yeah. present success and what the difference is in terms of energy? Sure, great question. So it's really interesting that, uh, again, I, I think everything is abides by certain universal laws or and the laws that I've worked out and, you know, that you cannot deny. Now, you can have a lot of commercial success. You can make a lot of money. But if you don't do it the right way, you won't be happy. Right, you, and we all know those people. You see them at the golf course. They've got more money than God. And every, oh, the greens are shit. Bunkers are shit. Fucking fairways are too long, too short, too dry, too wet. But, mate, the only thing shits your swing. You swing it like an axe. Like, mm. that's what you've got to look at, champ. Mm. You know, but they're never, they're never happy. They're never happy. And they're so, like, resentful and just bitter at the world because it broke them. It broke them chasing all that stuff. So, the old me, yeah, I was like money, money, go, go, success, more, more, push, outcome. Who, you know, who's sold the most weight loss programs? I want to do more. I was that guy. Who's our competitors? I want to do more. All that, right? And, and I did, but, mate, it would nearly get dead. So it killed me. And I remember living at the end of Willamaloo Wharf and one morning, wait, just looking out there, and I'm like, I'm fucking depressed. I'm fucked. But I've got everything. Everyone's like, you're living the dream, you're killing it, you're on TV every day, you don't, but oh, mate, I was anything but that. I was full of steroids and looked good, I guess, but mate, inside I was just dying, right? And then um, I just didn't feel anything like that. And then this, and why well, I say it's a feeling, not a number, because when you go about it a different way and you have a process focus and you get a hobby and, you know, you, you've got a kitten now and you said it changed your life and animals, and I wasn't an animal person at all. I didn't have time for animals. I was too important. I'm P.A. can look after it. I was that wanker. Mate, the superstar wanker, like me, Force 10, Deluxe. And then for me to be the other way, like it's, it, it's such a really, it's quite an interesting message in that, like, you know, life, life will soften us if we let it and, you know, life just gets so much better. And nowadays I say flow, not force. So if something's hard and it's not aligned, I don't do it. I'll move away. And, and that's why I say alignment's more important than goals. Like, Doing businesses and deals and working with people that you're not in alignment with is a disaster because it ruins your energy or your, your vibrating frequency. And that stuff's real. Like, you know, quantum physics, subatomic particles vibrating, that's real. It's not gobbledygook fairy dust. That shit's real, as you guys know. 
And it, if you don't pay attention to it and understand it, it you, you'll, it'll break you in half. So, like, and I find now, like, occasionally I'll make a decision that, look, you know, I won't work with a client. It's not the right fit. And I do a bit of stuff. I, 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 Saxton's the Speaker Bureau. They approached me um, right before COVID or very shortly prior to it, starting, like, I think 2020, whatever, and then obviously every, nothing happened. And, you know, when I make a decision not to do something or say no when it's not the right fit. You're about to do that with me. No, mate, don't. Oh, week one I was, and then you had the biggest change ever. That was, we'll get onto that in a minute. That blew, that still blows my mind, that one. But you got out of that environment and look what happened. But um, then you wrote 700 grand in three months, something, telephone numbers. And it just goes to show environment, vibrating frequency, energy, right? You got out of that egoic state and all the comparison and all that, and you just went whooshka working less like it's not magic it's it's a thing it, if people understand it and but you got to get out of ego and you got to get out of comparison and entitlement and all the bullshit to be able to see it and feel it and trust it like you were and you did in a week which still to this day is the fastest shift i've ever seen like from literally thinking i don't know if i can help him because you're like how do i double it how do i double it i'm going good how do i double it that was session one <laughs> And then a week in lockdown, I'm thinking, he's going to be fucked, this bloke. He's going to double, double, double. He's stuck at home. He'll end up in a straitjacket. Get you on the phone. You're like, I feel amazing. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I realised that that's why. The, mate, the energy, the environment, and we become that environment. That's why I'm so vigilant with my own. And now when I make a decision that, look, to move away from a certain relationship or whatever, it's funny. You could almost set your watch to it like, Email, keynote, keynote. It's like you, like it happens if you make the right decision based on a lot. Keynote, can you do this? It's seven grand. Can you, it's like online. We'll pay you that. Boom. Yep, just happened before. Like happens all the time. All the all the time when you just. But you got to be absolutely one hundred percent committed to what's aligned and what's not. Not mm. like, not nothing to do with. Oh, I'll do this to get that. Mm. That's the trap. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was the king of that trap. I'll do a bit of this to get that. I'll hang out with him to get there. Trap, trap, trap. You do what's right, like more heart, less head. Mm. And then you just you know, ding, ding. You're like, oh, mate, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so I believe that well, they reckon, I don't know, we can see like 0.2% of, you know, our, our eyes can see a very small amount of kind of the light spectrum or whatever they call it. And I just believe there's a lot more to life than just bricks and mortar and flesh and bone. And I don't profess to know. But I don't analyze the roots. I pick the fruits, as, as Jim Rohn said. I don't analyze the I don't know, guys. I don't know. But I know that there's more to it because I do it every day. And my clients go, Bleh. and they're like, I work less and I get way more. So they can't all be fluking it. One or two, but not all of them. Like it, it, and me and everyone I help, it, it just can't be that much luck everywhere. Same as Wayne. Wayne Wayne's back there doing the same thing too. Killing it. There you go. Is He's on the a, same page. Jeffro, is there an example for the audience um, where we can, either myself or Kevin, where you've seen the shift between, like, you know, ego-driven success mindset to where you, you're going to that flow, not fall? Mm. You know, as an example you could share, and then, you know, what would change that, you know? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is an mm. example. Well, Kevin's a good example. Like, you know, week one he was, like, it was sort of, just the typical, you know, high-performing real estate agent. Just not, you know, good bloke, but just that guy, you know, in that space. And then in the space of seven days, throwing all that was the gift of COVID, the lockdown, because you got out of that sort of world. 
And then like seven days later, you're like, mate, I feel great. I'm just really, you know, present. And I thought you would have cooked your head. I'm really present. And it was just a huge shift. But you'd, you'd done a lot of work on yourself prior to that. You just had to get out of the environment and then boom, away you go. And then... Then, like, you, you still prospect, but you do it with the right intention. Like, a, a lot of the stuff I teach about yeah. intention, mm. you've, people have only got call reluctance because they've got the wrong intention. They're calling that person to get a listing, mm. their agenda, not the person's. When you call everyone, oh, g'day, mate, how are you? Just wanted to call and drove past that house we sold two years ago, thought of you, give us a buzz. You're just doing that. Because the thing is, is everyone's qualified. They live in a house. Mm. So don't prospect the homeless bloke or the backpackers. Yeah. Everyone else is qualified. They might not be buying or selling today, but they will buy and sell. And if you're top of mind, not a pest, well, they're going to reach out. At least you're going to get a foot in the door because you've done it the right way. And the golden rule that I say to everyone, would I like that done to me? The mm. answer is no, don't do it. Mm. Would I like a random phone call out of the blue? I'll get a blah, 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 get a blah, 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 weather, insert weather, insert, you know, pleasantries, compliment. Yeah, anyway, mate, look, just one market's pumping. Um, Mate, any thoughts of selling? Fuck off. They might not say it, but they're dead set. They're like, oh, hemorrhoid pest. So that still works, but it's brute force. Mm. And does it work in a tough market? I don't know. Works when it's pumping because everyone's like, I can make a big earn. But it doesn't get a lot of referral business, repeat business. You don't feel great about your life having to do it. The other way you feel great about your life, you get referrals, repeat business, heaps of it, shitloads. And you love it because you're just doing good stuff, saying g'day, boom, boom. Like we don't have to turn it into like intergalactic strategy. People live in houses. You're really good. You know a lot about them. You know what the market's doing. You're masters of your craft. That's a, you know, that speaks volumes. We don't, they're not buying a Ducati motorcycle, so we don't need to like pre-qualify them about motorcycles. They live in a house. So a lot of that stuff, I get people to get back to the basics. That's what we, we stripped it right back. Like Peter, your mate and, that I've worked with, and we get it right back. And then he had a record number of market appraisals in the next seven days in a 20-year career, the next seven days, by getting it back to just like systemize the process, humanize the experience. Mm. So he, we forget to humanize the experience. Mm. You systemize the shit out of it, but humanize it because you are selling and pitching to humans. Mm. So we've got to humanize the experience. He did that record number of market appraisals. And like that's the, the formula. And if you do it with the right intention, sowing the seeds, then they're going to sprout. When, when you're working with high achievers, where do you think a lot of them go wrong? Oh, I think um, the trappings of success. Because a lot, if you really, you don't see a lot of Brad Pitts that are superstar entrepreneurs. Have you ever noticed? Apart <laughs> from you two, right? Most, most, most of them have got heads like bustards. And, and like, so a lot of, I believe, and Johnny McGrath and I, we, we both were talking about this once, like what gets you out of inertia into momentum is often fear. You know, fear yeah. of failure, scarcity mindset, that gets which you got, it gets you going, so that's fine. And also low self-esteem and insecurity gets you going, fine. But if you don't transition into abundance and gratitude and whatnot, that'll fuck you. Mm. Right? But that's what gets most of them going. Hence why Brad Pitt's not there doing his, you know, he, he was pretty sweet, Brad Pitt, long yeah. before he made it as an actor. So, it, like, I think that, again, I look for patterns and things like that, like what drives, especially a young man, it's normally insecurity, low self-esteem. Um, early days, and we yeah, want to build a life and all that, but that's not as powerful as a, dr a driver. Like, I wanted to be someone. I wanted to feel like I mattered. I didn't I felt invisible. Little bloke, average at everything, average with school, average with sport, average with the girls, 
jagged a few on the piss, but that was about it. I wasn't, you know, going great guns there either. So all of a sudden I started a business and I wasn't Mr. Average anymore and I wasn't just invisible and I started to stand out. But then you get addicted to that feeling. That's what happens. And then it's a runaway freight train. That, right, that's generally an answer to your question. I took the long road. That's what happens. Like, and it's knowing how to get off. So it gets you out of inertia, gets you into momentum, but somewhere along the line you've got to segue and start to build a life. As you know, I say business is a vehicle to build your life. It's not your life. But we forget that. And then what happens at about 35 almost to the day, you just like hit the wall because you've been sprinting flat stick business building work for 15 years and you're like, I am flat. Yep. Like what's going on? I've, I, why? I should have, I did all what you meant to do. Why am I flat? Because you don't have a hobby and you don't have a life everywhere. And that's why my message resonates because like you just put the bill, bullshit filter on it and it passes because that's what happens. We, we go and I'm just a dead set brutal truth that's what drove me in the early days like i did like personal training and i did like helping people but i liked the feeling of not being invisible and feeling like i mattered and i was enough and not as insecure and self-esteem went up with the external stuff not the internal work and then it just kept building on that road and it you know over time that got worse and there wasn't enough to fill it or patch it up if or band-aid it and so it gets you going. We all do it. I did it. I'm sure there's exceptions that were perfectly awesome when they started, but they're pretty rare. And we do the work as we go, and then you can build a great life. But that's why I say to people, like, you got a hobby, room of a thousand people, it's like no one's got any arms. Mm. Or, hobby? What, what, what is that fucking speaking in Latin? What's that? Hobby? What hobby? No, hobby. Like you play a sport or no? Because mm. I reckon it, we had the best model at school. I reckon. Like before, you know, we got on the drink and, you know, all that stuff. Like we went to school, which was work during the day. We didn't necessarily love it, but we went to work, school. We come home, we played with the next door neighbours. We had a sport or, you know, played with them in the backyard, sport, training, whatever, or we had a hobby or a musical thing or whatever. And we had balance. Like we had that sort of hobby and work and all that sort of stuff. And that was great. And then, you, you know, you turn 17, 18 or whenever you found the devil's juice and off you go and like all that. And, there go the hobbies, right? I reckon there's been pr plenty of uh, promising sporting career that went down the shitter as a result of that, mm. yeah. right? Pretty, yeah, lots of it, mate. History's littered with it, right? And so you're not Robinson Crusoe, anyone who's done that. Every pretty much just about everyone does it. And the tragedy is that we don't realise we had the blueprint, but you know, I had the gift of desperation that got me sober to realise. Hang on, that was the blueprint. Mm. Like if I was only a semi-loose unit, I'd probably still be like that and I never would have got the gifts. Mm. Well, I say the struggle's the gift because it wouldn't have been, I didn't have the gift of desperation. I could still cobble it together like a lot of people do. They still feel shit house because I'm yet to meet one person age 40 plus who loves having benders all the time. And it's funny because I did that in a video not long ago and a bloke reached out, good on him, and he goes, mate, I'm that bloke. But oh. I don't love it. He goes, I don't love it. Oh, no. Right? He goes, I'm that bloke and it's shit. Oh, no. And he goes, mate, I'm still doing it, and you're right. I don't love it, but I don't know how to replace it because people don't know how to get rid of that and fill it up with something else. Like, and you, I reckon the answer to that is you've got to be playful <laughs> with life. So I saw the horses. I thought I was drawn to them, so I thought I'm getting a lesson. When I tell people about that and they go, what, at 40, like I've got two heads? Mm. Yes, four zero. They're like, you are allowed to do new things after 25. There's no, like, law against it. They can't process that data that I went and started that. It's beyond them. And that's the problem. They just go, well, 
I started that, that's me forever, dead, diet, boom, cheers. Doesn't have to be, you can change it any time. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting to see my physio next week to see if my knees are okay so I can go try MMA. Oh, here he is. Oh, here he is. <laughs> so it sounds pretty fun. I thought I'd give it a crack. I need to lose this too as well, so that'll probably help a little bit. Mate, the funny thing about MMA and like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I've got a few clients that get into that, and um, I think it's actually really good because um, you're either intensely present or you get knocked out. <laughs> so it's like horse riding, yeah. motorbikes. You've got to be on the yeah, ball. So that makes you get out of your head, otherwise you get punched in the head. Yeah, right. so it's very, very good for that. And you're learning your like your neural pathways are going All for something it. new. And That's great, mate. It's 100%. really good. I've got a bunch of clients that by chance at kickboxing, MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, all that stuff. And I'm like, that's gold. And when they suggest it, I'm like, yeah, that's good because of this. Yeah. Like going and laying on the beach is headcook.com. Mm. Like you're at the beach getting a tan, but you're really at work cooking your head about yeah. something you can't do that's yeah. not there. Yeah. So you're living in the past or the future, head cook, you're not recharging, you're draining. Yeah. And that's any high achiever is terrible at the beach. Yeah. Right. Punters, lazy plotters, whatever, they can be good there, but that's not any of my clients. Every time I've been to the beach with my partner, I hope she doesn't hear this, but every time we're sitting there, we're can't wait to leave. The yeah, beach. you'd be restless as can't you'd hate wait. it. You'd hate it. It's terrible. Should we get there for, we're there for two hours. I'm like, can we go? Can we go? Yeah. And she's like, oh, we've only just got here. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh. four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> My beautiful ex-fiancee, she um, in Fiji quite a few years ago, like, and she took this photo. It was so good. Um, and I'm out on uh, like a charter boat, a little tinny thing out in Fiji. And I'm like, she goes, this is the greatest. She's, she was, uh, she's a nurse. Now she's a cosmetic nurse doing like her own clinic. She's doing really well. And she's like, this is the most extreme case of undiagnosed ADHD I've ever seen. <laughs> Like, it was like, she, me, I'm there. Like, look at the turtle. Look at the turtle. Look at this fish. I'm like, mate, how good's this? How good? Like, there were things to look at and do and see and, like, not just sit at the pool. Like, yeah. But you think about this. Someone said this to me at Christmas because they've had a bit of a st stint off the piss and whatnot, and they're like, you've got to change how you have your holidays because, like, going away and just at the pool on the drink, you couldn't have anything worse mm -hmm. if you're not on the drink. And then you actually look at it and you go, this is depressing. Like they just go and sit there and drink and do nothing and talk shit. Yeah. Everything changes, like everything, because you just, you just couldn't, you don't want to do that. So life opens up because like you actually want to live. Mm. Like being drunk or hungover, I challenge, is that living is it, or is it numbing, escaping, existing? Mm. Definitely drinking. It's definitely intoxicated. I don't know if that's being alive in it by definition. Yeah. And it's so funny because like, we, we talk about stopping drinking and something that I struggle with and I'm a victim of is because of my high achiever syndrome, I'll cut the drink with no worries, but then I'll replace it with another addictive thing. Yeah, yeah, like, that's right. You know, go run the fucking marathon yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you've replaced that bad habit with a good habit, but then you've gone so extreme that it becomes a bad habit. Yeah, yeah, that, but that's – so you're very hard on yourself. Like, you're great because you're 24? 24 this year. 24 this year, right. So, again, like we started a year or so ago and – Mate, everything, I, you're so teachable, you know, where you were. I said, do ABC. You went and did ABC. Then you did, like, it's great. And But this is part of it. Like, I had a client this morning, and it's the same thing. Like, he had a big night, felt shit, as I said, for like a month. And I said, but this is good, mate. This isn't bad because now you've got contrast. You've got to do a bit of this. Mm. 
I had about 78 cracks yeah. at getting off the piss before I finally did it. I had two years off when I was doing Channel 7. Mm. I was rocking up, fucking half cut, and like Dusty and Big Nights, Larry Emders, and like, okay, call now, body trim. Oh, fuck. <laughs> These ones, I was terrible, so I've got to get off the piss. But I didn't last because I didn't do any of the work on myself and I hated it. And I was like white knuckling it and terrible. Like, but with what you're doing, I did that again, like around that time, I gave up the, the drink and whatnot. And then I got back into bodybuilding and 10 months later, I'm competing in Mr. Australia. Literally. Mm. 10 fucking months I'm on stage doing a Mr. Coming third Mr. Australia, IFBB, like full of juice, everything. Like, I was going to say, how much juice was in there? Plenty. Heaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, more, more. But like, you know, but again, that's extreme. So I did that, right? I went from that to that. So now, and you love my ratios. Ratios are the bumper bars, so you can't do that. But the longer you stay on this course, that sort of subsides. But early on, yeah, you'll replace that with marathon, that with that. Like that's 70, whatever it is, hard, 75 hard. Mate, the amount of people I've seen do 75 hard, then 75 loose, pretty strong. Mate, they go 75 hard and then floodgates. It's been bad. As I I did seventy five hard last year, and then like I trimmed down, had near like forming a yeah. six pack, yeah, yeah. and then the day it finished, we woke up at five a.m. We went straight to Macca's, yeah, hit it go. out, yeah. smashed junk food all day. It wasn't the alcohol yeah. that I had the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With. I never had the issue with alcohol. It was the food, it was yeah. the food. And just on that, everyone's got something, right? So, if you might not know it, they might not say it. But everyone has got an Achilles heel. Mm. Some people it's the drink, some people it's Coke, some people it's gambling. Everyone's got something, right? The food. Food is a huge one, right, that people, you know, if someone's obese and they're eating a salad at lunch, well, I'll give you the fucking red-hot tip. They're not eating that at home on their Pat Malone. Yeah. Like, because it, it's not air that's making them fat. Like, weight loss, this is a real, I'm just, mate, reality. Like, it's yeah. not, and it's not a slow metabolism and it's not your fucking thyroid. <laughs> It's not. It's just not, right? Now, maybe one in a thousand, but it's not this, oh, 20% of people, that's bullshit. It's dead at what's going in the pie hole at 11 p.m. That's yep. what's going on now. People, and, but that's when I was a personal trainer when I was really young, I'd sit there and I'd listen and they go through their diet and they'd tell me, I'm like, oh, this person must have terrible fucking metabolism bullshit. They're lying. They're just lying to themselves, to you, to, they just won't own it. So people won't own it. You've got to own it. Like, you can't change, I say awareness, ownership, change. You can't change what you can't see, so awareness. Then you've got to fucking own it, not deflect it, mm. deny it, blame, own it. And that was one of the things with getting sober. Someone said to me, well, mate, you've done, had some big, big wins, mate. But what I learned was I was there for the fuck-ups too. I'm listening to him and I respected this bloke a lot. And he's like, mate, because that's the thing. We take the wins and the success, but then we, we blame someone else for the losses. That would pretty much be me. And, we, and re what the reality is that the wins are generally a team effort and the blunders are generally more you than you realise, right, at the time or you, you care to realise or whatever. So then I stepped into that and I went, I can actually fucking hang on a sec. There's a few patterns here and I'm in them all. And since minute one on earth, I'm the only one who's been there. So yeah. like, that's why people like victims and blame. Well, you're the only person in second one, minute one on earth has been there for all your life. So you've played a bit of a part in it. Yeah. Can't be that unlucky and the world's fucked. I reckon you've been there for a fair chunk of it. So you either realise that and accept it and own it or you don't. But if you don't, your life's going to be shit forever because you just there's no good ending to that. So, yeah, the, and nothing good happens fast. Like, and nothing to extreme. So, you know, horses and the work I do and I, I just, you know, and the, one big thing for people, and I've said this to both of you, like if you are not full to the brim with work, 
you know, radical concept, go and live a bit. Because mm. what this is most people, they're either stressed because they're too busy or they're stressed because they're not busy enough. <laughs> Everyone. And then one day a year, I'm perfectly busy. Fuck me dead. <laughs> but the other rest of it, they're stressed because they're too busy, too much work. Oh, mate, too much work. Oh, or not busy. I'm a bit quiet. A bit quiet. What a way to live. Oh. Jesus. I was like that. And then you get this moment where you're like, it's, oh, it's really good. And then, then you'd be too busy or not busy enough again. So what I tell everyone, and by the way, with the energy stuff and all that I talk about, if you are, have a bit of a lit, you know, little break in the day or it's a little bit quieter and you go and do something else, you watch what happens. More work. It's like you get rewarded. I reckon life rewards you when you're better where you are, when you're playful where you are, not resenting it, not fearful, not this, not that. So when you're not as busy as you want to be and you think, fuck, I've got to be busier, well, you're going to get less busy if you do that. It just rewards you or punishes you for not being present where you are. So, mate, just to wrap it up, like we've talked about a lot of topics today, what would you say would be the biggest tip or advice for anyone wanting to be better where they are? Energy management. Sure. Well, you love the energy management. So I say to everyone, you've got 100 energy credits a day, imagine. So you, you can't, it's not unlimited. And if you have breakfast with a victim, Winger at 7 a.m., they're going to take 80 of them and you've got 20 left for the rest of the day. You're going to burn out. You're going to get triggered, eat a hand grenade, give someone a spray, and then you're going to be mopping up the mess that you caused because the victim robbed all your energy credits. So protect your energy. Be ruthless with your boundaries and who gets your energy. I would say um, comparison's the thief of joy. So if you do that, less social media and stop looking over the fence and build your life. That's really important. And what makes you happy? not anybody else. What does success look like to you? Not anybody else. Doesn't matter because they're not you living your life. Mm. And that is how you start to build the fabric and the platform of an amazing life. And it gets better and better and better, but you don't have the road bumps mm. and the, these ones. It just gets better. So the better you get, the better you attract. You, you attract what you are, not what you want. So you get better, the people coming into your life get better. High integrity, high values. And there's alignment. If you stay on that path, you can only meet people on that path by definition because then you're not in the bushes. Mm. But if you go out in the shrubs, you're going to fucking meet all sorts of shit out there. And then it's hard to get back on the path, mm. as we know. So you stay on the path, congruent, values alignment. You just meet better people and it gets better. So that's what I'd say. And like anybody who struggles with the one or two beers, uh, like I did and a lot of people do, I'd say have two months off and see how you feel. Two months, not, don't, none of this forever stuff, just two months off and see how you feel. Work in four quarters like I teach you guys. Like, you know, 10 weeks on, loosen it. 10 weeks on, loosen it. Like that, so you can work with intense focus and effectiveness, not sort of just stumbling through it all. Mm. Love it. Cheers. Legendary. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, fellas. Great to be a part of it. Thank you. Until next time. Done. Cheers. <laughs>